Blog Talk Radio. For all the news you need to know, welcome to the Beautiful Butterfly Show, where great people and great topics are brought together for stimulating and thought-provoking conversation brought to you by the Vibration Radio Network. And welcome, everyone, to the Beautiful Butterfly Show. I'm your host, Bianca Fly. And tonight's broadcast is brought to you by no other than Vibration Radio and YRN 1328. That means you're listening to a show uh, that's being streamed globally, you guys. So uh, once again, welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, happy Tuesday to you guys. Man, uh, Christmas will be here before we know it. Um, so uh, for those of you who hadn't got those gifts, hey, you still you still got a little time. You still got a little time uh, to get it done, nevertheless. Uh, but tonight, folks, we are doing um, our finale, our finale show of the Beautiful Butterfly Show for the 2017 uh, season. I'm excited. Um, I love uh, new shows, new guests, um, new topics um, that bring um, solutions that um, allow open discussions and forums to take place. So tonight, you guys, we are welcoming um, our special guest, who's not a stranger, uh, to the Beautiful Butterfly Show, uh, Shelly Skeen, you guys, she is coming on, and so she's going to be talking to us tonight about, is your family prepared for emergencies? And as you, as you guys know, there are so many things um, that have taken place over the recent past uh, few months, uh, over the past, I'm going to say, five years or so, that has taken place um, where things have happened and people weren't prepared. And some of those things I'm talking about, you might have had some uh, domestic violence situations and you thought you might have got away, but that predator found you somehow um, and came to cause harm to you and your family. And um, some people are prepared and some people, unfortunately, weren't prepared. So tonight we're going to be talking about what you could be be prepared um, in those instances if that should occur and as well um, other subjects that deal with just being prepared um, in the case of emergencies. And so tonight, uh, feel free to call in uh, with your questions or comments uh, for Shelly. The number is 347-326-9139 is the number, you guys. And as always, um, as many of you like to do, uh, feel free to hit me up on Facebook um, at Bianca Fly and feel free to send your questions to the inbox. And I will definitely um, ask them live here on the show this evening, you guys. And so 
we're not going to delay um, any further. You guys are going to take a little commercial break, and then we're going to welcome our special guest, uh, Shelly Skeen, you guys, uh, right here on the Beautiful Butterfly Show. There is a musical revolution coming. A mixture of jazz, soul, and funk. And welcome back, everyone, to the Beautiful Butterfly Show. I'm your host, Bianca Fly. And as promised this evening, you guys, we are welcoming our special guest, uh, Shelly Skeen. She is joining us. Uh, Shelly is an HR consultant. Uh, she is also a disaster relief inspector uh, for FEMA also. And so tonight we're going to be talking about uh, various subjects um, underneath the capture of being prepared in case of emergencies. And so I'm not going to delay any further, you guys. I'm going to bring our special guest of the hour on here. Shelly, you there? Yes, Bianca. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing fantastic. How are you? I'm wonderful. I'm wonderful. Thank you so much for having me again. It's been some years. Good to hear <laughs> yes. your voice. Yes. Absolutely. That's what I was thinking. I was like, man, it's been such a long time. And, and uh, man, things have definitely went in all sorts of directions. And so I'm glad that you are here and joining us this evening. Definitely appreciate it. Right. Right. Thank you so much. And I, I do appreciate it. It has actually um, been just about five years. Um, wow. It's been, I believe, five years because we were wow. experiencing this past week, um, well, this month, the fifth year mm-hmm. anniversary for another show that spurred off of my show, which, okay. you know, I think you remember when I was bringing about two uh-huh. or three different um, Blog Talk Radio hosts on. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. They both, you know, launched out 
their own shows, and one of them in particular had a five-year anniversary, so that kind of is the marker. And oh, I did wow. all of that. And birthing, yeah, shows out that first year really heavy. I mean, we were going big. Then, yeah, you know, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think it's been about five years. <laughs> Wow, wow. And so you are back. And so for the folks out there, um, this may be their first encounter with you. Um, Tell them a little bit about yourself and and what it is that you do and you're involved in. Yes, yes. Well, um, as as a former Blog Talk Radio host, I think, which is relevant, let's start the relevant piece first. Um, When I began Blog Talk Radio, I found out that there were so many other means of communication for us to get um, awareness out for small businesses. Um, We were um, in a position, when I say we, myself, um, Beautiful Butterfly Show and others, uh, in our network at the time, you know, just colleagues across the uh, Blog Talk Radio airwaves. Um, Being a business networker, um, a consultant in small business, specifically HR, um, what I do, and I have found that it never goes away from the main um, call uh, on my life and what I do um, is always strategic planning, strategic marketing, strategic um, any type of, uh, uh, if you will, I I dare like to say, uh, a diagnosis of what's wrong, what needs to be fixed, how do we fix it, can we get it right, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, things Mm -hmm. that happen in a business whether that business is a nonprofit, faith-based, whether that um, business is a nonprofit and a, a core agency like a foundation of sorts, or if right. it's for-profit um, in business marketing and expansion, as a consultant, all of that kind of falls up under um, the hat of organizational management. And with this um, tonight in particular, this effort has stemmed from strategic planning as I have dealt with uh, the past two and a half to three years, I've dealt with companies who have come to me saying, okay, we've got to shift some gears here. We've got some planning that we've got to start paying attention to and how do right. we implement, you know, some security concerns and mm-hmm. security mm-hmm. just issues, right? Just having the conversation, right. you know, right. and bringing that dialogue in. And the more I thought about it um, with some educators in private schools and smaller like daycares, especially, um, it started right. happening in the church. Also, and now I'm realizing that, like, as a people, um, no color, right? Uh, right. No lines of gender. But as a people, we're in a society now where Shelly realizes that, oh, my gosh, this is a topic that is not just on the news and it's happening somewhere else. It's happening, mm-hmm, at our, mm-hmm. in, you know, um, across our front porch, right? Right. Um, and so it's still now saying, hey, Shelly needs to bring the awareness, and that's what I do, of saying, have you made a, a strategic plan? Are you prepared? And I'm doing it in the same spirit that I do it with business planning and preparation, whether they're starting right. or whether they are already in business, you know, for 10 to 20 years, and they're saying, I need to shift gears. Um, I want to do something different, or, you know, sales are falling. I need a plan. We we all need plans, and we need help in preparing ourselves for right. the changes that come, you know, <laughs> Declines, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. <laughs> um, Absolutely. Declines will come. And so here we are now in a time in society where it looks like just ethics and morals are declining, right? Absolutely. And people are crossing our thresholds, you know, with things that are, are violating us. And so mm-hmm. that's who Shelly is. Shelly is the person that says, look, it's time to bring some awareness to this one specific piece, which is Absolutely. self-preparedness, you know, um, emergency response and awareness. And it starts with the individual. It starts with the individual. 
And so Absolutely. that's who I am. You know, my strategic planning is just moving in a different um, light. But I think it's right. still strategic planning prepared in the same way as I do right. corporately. And, and I wanted to ask you, uh, Shelly, about the initial conversation because I think maybe maybe 10 years ago the conversation on safety preparedness um, would have been a whole lot different than the conversation mm-hmm. that takes place now. And so mm-hmm. the colleagues and people that you have the opportunity to conversate with and help them build a plan, do you find that people really may not even, you know, have an idea of how they can prepare for some of the things that we are seeing taking place across the globe and, as you say, right across the street from us? Mm-hmm. I, I think um, for sure they don't. Like, they have no first steps in mind at all. Right, right. Like, there, there is no where, where do I start with this. Like, mm-hmm. people who come to me, you know, to, to create a scenario, people who come to me are the persons that say, oh, my gosh, I need to do something. I saw the news. Um, I better do something, but what? And they'll say, Shell, well, what do you think about such and such story, which is exactly what happened, um, even in the storm that hit Texas. Somebody says, what do you think about, and it was the mm-hmm. whole, you know, Pastor Joe Osteen getting bashed, right, for not opening his right. doors. Let's just take that. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> right? So that was a big deal. Yeah. And yeah. they just had no idea, like, oh, gosh, like, that could be my church, and I could be the right. one stuck standing. Where do I start? Right. Um, but in the same breath, I had people who called me and said, oh, um, the shooting at the church, man, okay. I don't hmm. even know where to start. I know somebody who's a policeman, maybe. Right. 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 And it's not right. even, and I'll be honest with you, um, BB, it's not even that serious to even deal with the policeman. There are some things you can do within your own power, right? To just start, right. to just have the conversation, right. a dialogue, and start some things that's as simple as sitting down at your computer, you know, and doing some of your own research. I do get a lot of people who just have no idea, and maybe they think about, do I ask somebody that I might know that is a police by chance? Do mm-hmm. I start mm-hmm. there? So no, they Absolutely. don't. They don't. They don't know. They don't know. And and just touching on the the situation um, in Texas uh, with. Um, Joe Osteen, um, his church, one of the things that, you know, people, you know, because he, he received a lot of backlash. There's no way to really sugarcoat it. You know, he received a lot of backlash on why isn't this, you know, man who has this mega church, why isn't he opening his doors? And a lot of people didn't understand if you if you're not prepared for something, you have no idea <laughs> how to, mm-hmm. you know, so he had to bring in people who were mm-hmm. able to say, Hey, this is, this is how we're going to set this up and make this mm-hmm. thing run smoothly. So we don't have mm-hmm. a lot of ca- chaos and friction and mm-hmm. friction, but from the public's eye, it's like, okay, mm-hmm. you know, and then there comes this conversation on, you know, churches and, and being supportive of turning it back, taking right. Our- Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and so you, that puts that, you know, out into the atmosphere as well. And so a lot of people don't mm-hmm. understand, like you said, mm-hmm. if it was to happen in our church this Sunday, a lot of us would mm-hmm. be sitting around like, Lord, what are we going to do? <laughs> you know, right. what, are we, what are we supposed to do with this? You know, so. Right. 
Um, And that's where the initial concern started. And when we say emergency preparedness, you and I went back and forth as we prepared for the flow of the show, right? Right. Um, There are so many things that I have in my arsenal, but these things are not isolated to me. I'm not a subject matter expert on these things. I've just Mm -hmm. gathered the resources together. Um, But what I think the sad part is, Media just takes off, right? The internet has no mm-hmm. chill. That's what we say. Right. And when right. when media takes off the way that it does, and media is actually now a text message, or email, or a simple video, um, right. we miss the the reality of what the laws and the rules are, the things that we're authorized to do and cannot do. And very mm-hmm. simply for me, I made a statement that just kind of blew some things out of the water. And I was telling people, you know, just screw all of y'all. That's the language I was using. Like. You don't know what FEMA has told him about that structure. Get out right. of here. If, right. if you don't understand, FEMA and Red Cross authorizing a, a structure to hold a certain amount of people, then mm-hmm. you know nothing. Mm-hmm. You're going on the fact that he just didn't open his doors. Right. And finally, real people from Texas who were actually involved in some other pieces earlier, um, not Texas, in Louisiana, talking about how so many fights and rapes and mm, um, sexual yes. uh, yes. situations were going on when they had all these people in the dorm, like, Absolutely. you know, not the best of people. Your neighbors were not in that dorm and in, in the dome, in the dome, in the dome, I'm sorry, in the Superdome down in New Orleans. And they were saying how um, women were having all kind of issues, you know, with sleeping, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Fights were breaking out because you got, you know, the the Jew and the Gentile in there, if we dare use that term, right? Right, right. All kinds of people coming into this small place. We're all hungry. We're all sleepy. We're all emotional. Aggravated. Aggravated, (laughs) right? We've all lost some things. We're all in despair. And these were situations that ultimately, and then you have looters and people who just ultimately just steal. You know, mm-hmm. they just capitalize mm-hmm. on emergencies, and that's where we are tonight, not to get off on that. But capitalizing on an emergency says, you know, I'm going to steal from you, but are you prepared for somebody to come into your church locally if the power's out for six days in just your little city and maybe you didn't really, really, really get flooded out? What if you just had a major power out? Mm-hmm. Are, are yeah. you prepared for that in your home? Right. Are you prepared for that in your church? Is your church even right. authorized as such to be a safe haven? What about right. your home? You know, right. you, people don't even know you can get charged for housing eight to eight or more. I read it back then doing it. Like eight or more people in your home in a city. Yeah. You can get charged for that. Right. Like a, a right. fine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's yes. my family. Okay, your family. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so here we are with so many emergencies and, and that list, right, that umbrella covers so much. Right. And, Bianca, I'm telling you, we sit and wait for stuff to happen. It's sad. Absolutely. Absolutely. But the majority of us are not proactive. We are reactive. Absolutely. And so that's where my voice comes from tonight. Absolutely. And, and and I agree with that because you would think that, especially when we see things happen, you know, whether it's the new social media, that leadership as well within churches, businesses, what have you, would say, hey, 
look, y'all, you know, come Monday morning or or the next day or mm-hmm. whatever, hey, we need to come up with some plans, you know, to, mm-hmm. to, to structure out some things. So in case, you know, these things happen, I mean, we, we've seen so much, Shelly, you know, people walk into uh, mainstream federal uh, supposedly secured buildings and take people out, <laughs> you know, and right. I mean, just. I mean, just right. just some catastrophic events that have happened. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, right, right, right at our back door in South Carolina, mm-hmm. we had a young man mm-hmm. who went in. People were having Bible study, Bible mm-hmm. study, and mm-hmm. he decided, mm-hmm. you know what? Hey, I'm gonna go in here, and I'm gonna mm-hmm. take everybody out. You know, mm-hmm. and and and, mm-hmm. and it's just those type of things that people don't think about, but it's, you know, fortunately it's to the point where we have to think about it. And, you know, I talk to a lot of people um, about being prepared, especially in the churches. Um, and when people usually think about safety in churches, now there's a conversation of guns and mm-hmm. how guns implement into this. And so a lot of the people um, that I talk to, about this subject matter, you know, talked about dealing with today's time that they agree Mm -hmm. that, Mm -hmm. you know, having individuals who are licensed to carry, um, Mm -hmm. you know, is is in their best interest nowadays. And it's it's Mm -hmm. sad because who would have thought, or maybe you didn't know, but who would have thought, you know, that you would have to go to church (laughs) <laughs> with your mm-hmm. peace, <laughs> as mm-hmm. Medea say, with your peace, you know, in your mm-hmm. purse, or you know, your right. husband carrying, or whomever deacon, whatnot, has to carry these things. And so, but then on the other hand, Shelley, you have in people who are still of, I'm going to say, of a, a of a backward, maybe back mindset, who says, "Oh no, we're not bringing guns up in here." You know, they still have that belief God's going to protect us. You know, mm-hmm. all of this and then and that and the third. What do you mm-hmm. say to those people who are at that point now, where they're just basically refusing? They're refusing to take those precautions to protect those their congregations should something mm-hmm. like that happen. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I'll tell you. In in very rare cases, do I have nothing to say, right? <laughs> um, but in those cases, I have um, actually just taken a, the mute, right, and and mm-hmm. and pled the fifth, and just so ch- chose to not argue, not debate, not try to continue to express the major concern for the people. Um, and some of the blog talk radio shows we had on the previous week with another, um, you know, with our five year, um, I like to call it networks. First word come to my mind, but. Um, over at the PRF table with Dr. Dunlap for part one and part two, mm-hmm. there are just some things you just have to bow out and leave alone, and those people right. you can do nothing with. What I what I dare say is that if leadership chooses not to, and if that if your safety and your security is your concern and it's a major concern, then you've got some choices to make. You know, it's on the people, not the leadership, right. because if the leadership continues, God is able, he'll take care of he'll watch over, and he will, right? But there right. are strategic answers and solutions that come through prayer. I tell people all the time, you know, everybody has a prayer life or should. If you are indeed sitting in a position in a place where you feel there's a conviction on you about protecting yourself, I wouldn't care if you are at church Sunday or not, weekday service or not, and we've seen both happen, right? Weekday services. 
and Sunday morning services. But what if you're just at the church cleaning up? What if you're at the church decorating for Christmas as I was, like, literally this past Saturday for eight right. hours? And our church, I had to make sure both doors are locked. And I was mm. in there with only two people. And at some point I was there by myself for a yeah. few hours. And anything could happen, but if the person that's mad with me that's, you know, I'm not even talking about a criminal. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about my personal mm-hmm. situation. Right. Or life right. was going awry. <laughs> and somebody right. came up there after me. Right. <laughs> For something right. that isn't even church related. You know, again, here we go That's with right. the other part of the conversation. Then That's I right. needed to make sure that I'm in a position I'm protecting. That had nothing to do with corporate church. Absolutely. You know, my personal life, my ex man or my co worker's mm-hmm. man mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I'm standing there on church grounds, but I'm concerned with the fact that not only is there no weapon anywhere on me, I have no sense of protect. My pepper spray was in my bag on the other side, locked up in the room because I was out in the main sanctuary. Come on, we could go on and on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The sense of protection in the church, um, what I'd like to try to point out to people, although I try not to argue, is the fact that it is not just isolated to Sunday morning, and you're mistaken right. if you think that. Yes, yes. Because yes. right there in Atlanta, we mm-hmm. had our very own Creflo Dollar had a situation at noonday prayer. Yes, yeah. A handful of people, mm-hmm. and one man came in and has, you know, shot the other man. Yeah. Noonday yeah. prayer, a handful noonday. of people at a huge yep. campus, but yep. it wasn't a lot of people there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you're mistaken to think that I'm not going to have tra- guns, I'm not going to have guns. But how right. is it that you take so lightly any other um, frequency, you know, That's for right. people to be at the church and things to not happen? So I don't right. I don't argue. I, I don't argue because yeah. I've seen it already. So, you know, Absolutely. you, you, you could have <laughs> said something to me if I had not seen it and I didn't have something to say. <laughs> but I withhold the things that, you know, clearly show you you need to be concerned it's uh, my grandmother used to say you got to bump your own head, right? Right. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And of course, uh, tonight as well, which we had quite a few people um, send some uh, messages and their thoughts um, tonight as well, um, because we're also talking about when it comes to being prepared um, with women. Um, and mm-hmm. it, it's, people know that, um, when it comes to violence against women, um, it's always mm-hmm. been present, but now mm-hmm. it's becoming more, I would say, and I hate to use the word, but consistent of yeah. these violent acts that take place when it comes to women. Mm-hmm. Shelly, share with us your thoughts on women. When it comes to us as women, how do we mm-hmm. go about protecting ourselves because like you mentioned a little while ago that if somebody's even having an issue with you you know maybe they they just decided today you know what I, I'm not really feeling Shelly I'm gonna go over here to the church mm-hmm. to the Cracker Barrel and I'm gonna take mm-hmm. Shelly out you know and mm-hmm. so what do you do you know how do women handle those situations I talked about this instance on especially women who have may experience domestic violence and they thought you know, okay, I relocated to another city, and I've had bukus of women on this show talked about how they relocated and they found them. They relocated mm-hmm. and they found them again. You know, mm-hmm. so how do mm-hmm. women 
go about protecting mm-hmm. themselves um, mm-hmm. from these predators running up on them and their families. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll tell you, you know, I, I, I like to speak from experience um, mm-hmm. and to share my story, which is, is not really um, an extensive, uh, long story. Uh, span of domestic violence at all, but it doesn't matter. Right. You know, one time is enough, right? Um, mm-hmm. As as a license, well, I, I'm not licensed in North Carolina yet, which I need. I keep delaying because I'm moving, moving, moving to sit down and take a class on Saturdays for North Carolina. But in Georgia, you know, I was there 23 years. Right. Um, but in Georgia, early into my time there, I had actually brought, which was at the then my North Carolina weapon, right, registered in mm-hmm. North Carolina, had it in Georgia with me. And mm-hmm. I said, oh, I need to go ahead. Let me send my weapon back home, go ahead and buy a new one. I was looking, I was in the market for a new weapon, okay? So I had actually just sent my weapon back home with, at that time, my boyfriend. And I was like, oh, you know, I'm going to go and just send that one home. You can have that one because he was buying myself and his mom, actually, weapons at the time. And mm-hmm. that you know, was just for me, I was like, let me just go and send it home. It's registered, leave it there. And then when I'm home, I have it, you know, I'll right. get another one in Georgia, go ahead and get my um, license. Concealed carry wasn't a big deal back then. So <clears throat> I was in a situation where um, this guy who I had just had some run-ins with, it wasn't a relationship necessarily, but it was one of those situations where for me, um, he had moved away to Florida. I had bypassed him in between my time in college, and I didn't know he was attracted to me, but it was one wow. of those, I'm not, I guess fatal. I hate to say fatal because it wasn't fatal, but, you know, he was attracted. I didn't know he was attracted, and then something right. had happened that ultimately, right. I guess, he thought implied, you know, and took it that there was some type of, um, you know, relationship there. So mm-hmm. this this one day in particular, not only had he been in Florida, lived, moved, relocated to Florida from Georgia, um, I had been really, really ill um, to the point where I was really concerned about my life, and I was ill to the point where, you know, I had finally decided I better hurry, 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 get to the um, hospital. And right. in the midst of going to the hospital, I had no idea. I was going down the stairs in an apartment, lived upstairs, just on the second floor. It was only a two-floor building. Started my car. I'm, I'm, I'm like completely, like almost saturated. You know, um, I had a lot of female issues going on. Little did I know mm-hmm. there was some fibroids going on, right? So I'm like bleeding, hurting, cramping, sore, dragging myself out, living by myself, dragging myself to the doctor, and warm my car up. So it was a cold day come back up the steps because I couldn't carry a big load, no no more than three pounds, three to five pounds, mm-hmm. started my car, come back up the steps to get my bags. And so cars running outside, I'm coming back up the steps to get my bags. And I realized, oh, I've got this weapon in the car. Well, the weapon that I had in the car, I went to go back, get it, pull it out. Well, why did I have a weapon in the car? I had a weapon wow. in my car in particular because I had taken – a trip, and I try not to travel without a weapon on me. And one mm-hmm. of my friends who's a truck driver, although it was not the best thing to do by any means, he said, here, take this. I'm down for a couple of days, Shelly. When you get back, I've got an extra one. You know, just take it with you. We deal with the backlash right. if something happened, right? You know, so I was like, okay, that's cool. And I took his weapon, put it under my sofa in the house, second trip down the steps. 
door is halfway closed, like just cracked. Bianca, I'm telling you right now, this guy busts through my door. Wow. I have like a stranger walks in your door, like right behind you, like you're mm-hmm. on your way out the door. You know how you do it? Right. And starts beating me from the front of my apartment to the back. Mm. Dragging me. Why didn't you tell me you were so sick? He's beating me now, saying, Why didn't you tell me you were so sick? Why didn't you call somebody? You always trying to just beat me, slap me around, kicking me, dragging me through wow. the apartment. I mean, wow. girl, I was in such shock. First of all, somebody's coming to my door. Second of all, it wasn't anybody that I was expecting because I'm living by right. myself. Right. <laughs> and then it's you when I really look at you, like, What you doing here? <laughs> and he just comes in punching and swinging. So, mind you, I'm a great punch, but I wasn't at the time because I was extremely sick, trying to get to the hospital. And he drugged me, and I had blood marks through my house. That man had driven from Florida straight to my apartment. Somehow he gotten the word that I had been sick for like two, three weeks before I went to the doctor Mm. and came in to the point where he pulled the oven door down. You ever cut your hand on the corner of your uh, oven handle? Uh-huh, uh-huh. The sharp corner of your oven handle. He had my yeah. neck hinged around the corner of that oven. Wow. And and the telephone cord yanked off the wall and wrapped it around my neck. Wow. So, like, he was either going to choke the hell out of me, BB, or he was going to cut me, one of the oven. Wow. With, you know, make me cut myself on the oven door. Mm-hmm. I'm in the floor mm-hmm. in the kitchen. I'm yelling. I knew my neighbor was home. I'm just carrying on hollering, hoping that finally they would call the police, which they did ultimately. Here we are. To answer your question, I'm a trained weapons carrier, right? Mm -hmm. I had a weapon in that house under the sofa. Do you hear me? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The police did finally come. I was sitting on the chair with the weapon trying to decide, do I shoot this black man Mm. or not? That's not my weapon, but the weapon was there. Wow. Now, how much fear, how much, girl, I was sick, angry, sick that I was trying to think through all this stuff at the same Like, I couldn't even think about him beating me. I really think that I was thinking about, do I kill this nigga? You know, come on. I was going there, right? Let's be real. I was going there. Because I'm going to go to jail. That's not my weapon. I'm going to get my friend in trouble. You know, what do I, I mean, I was really in another world, out of body from what was happening to me. Wow. The police came in the house. I'm still sitting on the chair. All I had to do was just lean down and grab it from under the chair. And just I could have point blank had him in the face right then at any given time. So Bianca, women who deal with predators constantly chasing them down, I'll be honest with you, a man who is wired like that and just dead mm-hmm. set on, you know, violating you, constantly harassing you, you know, just back and forth like that. That's who they are. And I'll be honest, you can never speak for a woman who doesn't understand that when a man is literally wired like that, like you can't translate that love definition for them for some reason. Right. I've been through it. I just buried another girlfriend here a couple of months ago over the summer. But mm. all I can say with my story alone, you got to get yourself in a position to where you are prepare yes to fight and whether that's a fist fight of course you probably can't win now i'm a stronger female than the average you know right. but 
a fist fight not necessarily the thing you want to do because it'll make them punch you harder. Because, I mean, right. I was going for what I knew with the strength that I had. Don't think I wasn't, right? But a weapon and the presence of a weapon was there, and I still had to make a decision, and I still wasn't sure, even if that had been my weapon. I still think about that today. Had that been my weapon, would I have drawn that weapon then? Because of the ramifications behind mm-hmm. shooting somebody in self-defense. Right. So domestic violence is real funny. It's real sensitive. Um, not only had I experienced that with him, um, I had experienced domestic violence one other time, but that was one of my major, major that I survived. And I'm telling you, people who have constant predator concerns, I'm not even going to say it's any different from people who don't have major predator concerns, maybe just some mm-hmm. little boyfriend who's just kind of shoving, you know, doing this whole body shove they do now. I think somebody has told them you just body shove them like you're kind of trying to keep them off of you and pin them in a corner or something, you know, tower over them. I don't know where they get that jockeying from and strength. Right. But right. to me it's no different. However, what I think for women, I think the presence of a weapon Depending on the guy, because you obviously sleep with him enough to know something. <laughs> right, right. You should hopefully. know whether you can. Hopefully you know something. Right. <laughs> That's right. But yep. you should be yep. in a position to where you know whether the run, mm-hmm. which people do, which was your initial question, or whether the defend and protect yourself. Mm-hmm. And then how are you going to defend and protect yourself? So right. that how, there's the key. There are right. so many precursors to domestic violence protection, like documentation, making a phone mm-hmm. calls, doing all that headache with your local police authority, stuff that mm-hmm. protects you when you finally get in a court of law. And having a made-up mind is real huge because if you have children, you're you going to end up in a casket. Come mm-hmm. on here. Yeah. Some, or, or in jail. Somebody going yeah. one way or the other. Yeah. Yeah. So so the precursors, without going through all of that, Bianca, what do you say? You don't know. But there yeah. is a lesson for me. When you got a constant predator, I think at this point it's time for a weapon. But yeah. you got to be ready if that's what you want right. to do. Because fist Absolutely. bite won't do nothing but have you swole up in the face and, you know, it'll turn into just a, you know, punching uh, a boxing ring. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I believe in weapons. And it takes me back to, and, you, and we mentioned this earlier in the show, a very, it was it was hard for me to read, but I'm pretty sure it was even hard, harder for you to type when you talked about, you know, one of your recent girlfriends whom um, was killed. Oh, yeah. You, know, um, you were following me it. during that time. You saw that. Yeah. 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 And, Man, you know, and, and <laughs> you sit back and you think about, you know, having conversations with people and, and, and giving people just sound advice and, and letting them know, hey, I'm here. If you need me, call me. I'll come and get you. You know, all of these things that take place with people. But it goes back to what you were saying about people having those moments on trying to decide on making a choice. You know, do I do I save myself or do I take this person out mm-hmm. to the best of my, mm-hmm. you know, capabilities? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. It, it leads me to a conversation um, 
Um, and, and we had talked about this prior to the show, but um, uh, college, we got a lot of college situations mm-hmm. happening. And I recall very vividly when I was um, going to a, a private university and, and and one of the things this university prided themselves on was being a Christian university and, and mm-hmm. you know, exuding that Christian life and all of this and that. And so... So people thought that certain things, quote unquote, didn't happen on this campus because of, Mm -hmm. you know, oh, we don't have no drinking. We don't have no smoking. We don't have, you know, you know, people having sex, you know, we don't, we don't have those type of things go on here. However, I recall my sophomore year, um, girls as, as normally as we did, and I did myself and, and I stopped after this, but at a certain part of the evening, a lot of girls would walk around this lake that was on our campus. You know, and we're thinking, okay, we're walking and we're talking to our friends. We're thinking, no big deal. But sometimes those girls would, some a girl would take that chance and walk by herself. Nobody mm-hmm. was with her. And I recall a girl um, getting raped, getting raped at this mm-hmm. lake one night and getting assaulted um, to the point where she um, she didn't turn, return back to school. She actually it took that rest of the semester off. But it just brought back to me, even even those years ago, what would I have done? What would I mm-hmm. have done if that was mm-hmm. me and and I was out there alone? And so, because I know you also work um, on, on the college in the college um, scene as well. Mm-hmm. Shirley, how do we prepare? How do we prepare our daughters, um, you know, and, and even even our sons who are going off to college for mm-hmm. these type of situations? Because we want our kids, of course, to feel safe. We want them to feel like they're in an environment that, you know, is, is you know, going to be conducive and beneficial for them. But things happen, unfortunately. How do we, mm-hmm. you know, what what should we be implementing in our children before they even go off to college? When we celebrating that, you know, gra- that high school graduation and, and prepping before college, what kind of conversation uh, should we be having with our college students? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I think very basic self-defense is, is the conversation. Very basic self-defense. Um, you know, it's not just enough to have to call your mama to come or your daddy or your uncles or your brothers anymore to come and help you and defend you. And, of course, uh, to take your question back further than high school graduation, we've got bullying in our schools now. These poor children mm-hmm. don't even know how to fight. You know, yes. come on, they don't even know how to have a yes. good schoolyard fight because fighting, um, you right. catch a real charge now for schoolyard fighting. You know, right. zero uh, tolerant schools, um, right. they actually put a record on your ch- on mm-hmm. your child for that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But just basic self-defense courses, you know, I'm a woman of resources, but truth be told, for the sake of time, so that we can be really real and transparent with the listeners uh, here tonight on your show, you can Google self-defense, basic, Google basic self-defense courses. You Mm -hmm. don't have to go to the local Taekwondo, you know, center. Right. Google it, YouTube it and run it for your family. Hand-to-hand combat to me, again, see, I'm I'm on the side of exception as a veteran. Mm -hmm. 
right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> hand-to-hand right. combat is not strange to me. On top of the fact that I was the tomboy and I was the fighter in my family growing up, so I've been fighting a long time. <laughs> but some children are scared out of their minds right. to think that they have to fight. So self-defense is something that has to be talked about and truly, truly yeah. addressed and practiced in the home, yeah. which I think is great because your parent is bigger than you, right, in size, stature. Right. Your sister or your brother may or may not be um, bigger than you, which will give you the opportunity to deal with people of different size and different strength. So practice basic self-defense. That's number one, YouTube. Mm-hmm. There are apps. There are apps out there. I don't know if people know that. Right in your Play Store, you're downloading everything else. There are right. self-defense apps right there. And beyond uh, self-defense, you know, the basics of pepper spray, right, mace, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you you may or may not be willing to carry a taser or a knife of sorts. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you this, my take on all of that, especially with children, and I'm talking about up to age of graduation, there's still, I, I feel like there still should be a intentional set of instructions and practice. How do you handle this pepper spray? Can you clip and flip the top, the cap, fumbling in your purse? Where do you keep it? You know, when you're afraid, Fear overtakes you, and you lose everything you know almost. It takes like some seconds. And they teach you this. It takes some seconds for you to really even come to the awareness that, oh, somebody's robbing me. Oh, oh, somebody's attacking. Oh, somebody's, oh, my God, I'm in a confrontation. Okay, boom, think. Fear paralyzes you. So if we don't get at least the knowledge and the skill established in the home, Right. You don't want them to have to try to, oh, I'm carrying pepper spray. You don't even know if your child has pepper spray on them, whether they're college students or not. And then mm-hmm. they still don't even really know how to handle pepper spray. I, I had a friend say the pepper spray was turned backwards, and they thought that was funny, and it wasn't funny. Mm-hmm. So when you go to spray it, say the girl has sprayed it and sprayed it in her own eye. Well, what net a miss? <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. nervous, fumbling in her purse reach for the pepper spray, and the pepper spray sprayed in her own face. Duh, that was a, you know, victimization gone wrong. But I guess the purse was snatched, and he went on and took off. It was a purse snatching. That's what it was on campus. So Uh self-defense, number one, if they're going to use pepper spray or mace, um, I carry a a stun gun, I carry a taser. Um, mm-hmm. I've got it all on me at all given times. Um, I, I don't carry my knife necessarily in my car because my knife is in my work bag. Um, as a, um, I, I don't even know if it's a precaution, so I can't really say that. I just have a knife in my work bag in the bag. Um, mm-hmm. But if you don't train your children to do these things, forget the weapons. I'm talking about being able to defend themselves when needed, as right. needed, whether they are getting raped, whether your men are getting bullied, your boys are getting right. bullied, right. or even if it is just warding off somebody who wants to, you know, fight them and take their shoes because they've been doing that for years and snatching purses and stealing book bags. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That self-defense is important, and we've got to start there. Absolutely. 
Absolutely agree. And uh, we actually have a, a caller on the line. We're going to go to our caller here, um, area code 281. Last digits 4854. State your name and where you're calling from. Good evening. My name is Reginald. I'm calling from Houston, Texas. Welcome. How are you doing? I'm doing wonderful. Miss Skeen, it's a pleasure to speak with you. A pleasure, sir. Thank you so much for calling in. Oh, no, the pleasure is truly all mine. So, um, I have a question for you. I wanted uh, wanted your response as far as what do you feel or how do you feel about the overall productivity of FEMA? And the reason why I ask that is because I'm speaking from experience. My family and I, during the time, we had relocated from Southern California to Long mm-hmm. Beach, Mississippi, mm-hmm. And we got caught in the midst of Hurricane Katrina. We lost Mm -hmm. everything. And Mm -hmm. the thing that has always bothered me about the situation is that when we end up finally getting up a week later, being able to Mm -hmm. relocate to Houston, Texas, is Mm -hmm. that when we went through the necessary process to make sure we filled out the necessary paperwork online to receive Mm -hmm. help from FEMA, Mm -hmm. after doing so, we received roughly, after the inspector went out and seen it, there was a substantial amount of damage. There was total devastation where we were located at. We received uh, $2,500 from FEMA. Mm-hmm. Now, unbeknownst to me, and none of the paperwork stated that this basically was a loan and this money was going to be recouped. Now, mm-hmm. after not quite a year later, I received a letter mm-hmm. from the Internal Revenue Service via FEMA stating that I owed that money back, and mm-hmm. I they actually put a they put a uh, a freeze mm-hmm. on my checking account, mm-hmm. and I to this day I never could understand. And I've spoke to numerous people in work for FEMA and also for the Internal Revenue Service. I said at no mm-hmm. time was I informed mm-hmm. from anyone, even via the paperwork that I filled out online, that this is mm-hmm. money that was going to be recouped. And I wanted to ask mm-hmm. you. Is that the necessary standard practice of FEMA to work mm-hmm. in that manner? Mm-hmm. I've never heard of that just right out the gate. I've never heard of that situation happen. That's the first time I'm hearing that. So you probably already had me on lock <laughs> with <laughs> helping you in any way because I've never, ever heard that. What I do know for a fact is this. As a disaster relief inspector, which you know I'm the person who comes out first, um, right. I have heard numerous of times other cases of different things happening. But what I do understand and know this, and it's very simple at the bottom of the check, it says that this is a grant-funded program and you commit to having proper insurance to cover said, you know, whether it says said properties of sort, you know, in the future and it's a one time thing. So that's what I know for sure. They bring it up. It is in training from the beginning of your first experience. But other than that, what you just said, I've never heard of that and I hate to think that I don't have an answer, but I've never heard of that. And I guess that's why you have spoken to so many other people because they've never heard of that. And if they have I don't know that, you know, they were speaking on what end of their process they were on, but I've never heard of that, and that's the first time you're actually bringing it to my hearing. Um, And the second part to that is, did you directly get in touch with somebody, not not an inspector because we're contracted through other companies by way of FEMA, but did you directly get in touch with FEMA? Someone Absolutely. directly with FEMA, not a contracting. Oh, not a contract. I actually inspector. spoke to. I actually spoke to a representative, and mm-hmm. I said because we did not receive a check, we actually set up a bank account, so the mm-hmm. money was deposited 
in the bank mm-hmm. account. And as I said, okay. when we initially filled out the information online, it said mm-hmm. absolutely nothing about, as you just stated, about <laughs> it being a grant and this is money that needed to be paid back mm-hmm. or recouped on our end. Mm-hmm. We did not find out until several months later mm-hmm. this is what needed to take place. And I thoroughly believe that during that time everything was such an uproar with Katrina because mm-hmm. it was totally unexpected. Disarray. Mm-hmm. People were were ill-equipped to deal with the situation. Mm-hmm. And I know for a fact there were a lot of people using fake IDs, fake social there security you go. numbers. That's what I was getting ready to say to you. Yeah. Fraud, and this, fraud is at an all-time high, um, and, mm-hmm. I, and and not to cut you off because I know where you go. That's exactly where I was going. So so I hear you. Um, the level and intent, sadly, of fraud is so high during such a disastrous time for people, um, to the point where FEMA will suspend and put on hold even the workers the going out because you have a certain aggregate level of fraud, right? That you can accept. Let's just say three percent. Once it hits three percent, we got a major concern. We need to stop, right? Um, applications get slowed. So I I don't want to say that it is, but I would suspect that you may or may not, unfortunately, have been in some situation where, especially if a female person has not answered and resigned, that is still plaguing you to this day of sorts, you know, although it's been years later, um, that that would be something that at this point, because this is a government agency, right, federal agency, that as some other people are concerned with other issues, not similar to this, but closely, somewhat closely related to what you're sharing. Your congressperson in your district can address this because they are a federal agency. It's incredible. Right, and I totally agree. I just said it's just amazing to me the situation that we had to go through and experience. Unfortunately, and as you both mutually agree, I, I thoroughly believe from my perspective that because there was so much as far as uh, people using uh, aliases, mm-hmm. using mm-hmm. other people's names and social security number, I felt during that time, and I spoke to someone that's very close that works with FEMA and told me, okay. they said that during that time when <laughs> President Bush was overseeing the country during that time, that okay. there were a lot of people, they said, we're going to make sure that we're going to get this money one way or another because there were a lot of people mm-hmm. using Aliases mm-hmm. and trying to get Did money keep, that was. I'm sorry, go right ahead. Go ahead, keeping money that wasn't yeah necessarily. Yeah, keeping allocated. money that wasn't there. So we're going to make sure that if mm-hmm. if there's a few bad apples for what mm-hmm. they've done, we're going to punish everyone else. And as I said, it right. just wasn't me. I've spoke to numerous people that right. have experienced the same situation where they've received letters from the Internal Revenue Service via FEMA mm-hmm. that they were looking to recoup that money back. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah. Um, did you keep documentation? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Well, without that question. would that would be that would be the next step for you. I'll be honest with you, is to drive it on up further. You know, up up the uh, flagpole, they say, um, a little bit further um, to to take action um, and and to get some justice on that. Well, I was well prepared this time. I'm still in Houston, so we just experienced a hurricane. So wow. right. <laughs> So it's 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 been it's it's been a journey. But I wanna thank mm-hmm. you so much for uh speaking with me. I truly appreciate it. Oh no, thank the pleasure's you. truly all mine. Thank you so much, Butterfly. I truly allowed. Thank you for allowing me to get online. Absolutely. Okay. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Awesome question. Awesome questions. Um and I'm glad that you were <clears throat> able to provide him with some answers as well. Um in you know, 
and, and it, it goes back to a beginning of the conversation that we talked about, um, Shelly, of being prepared overall. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. think, um, and I had a conversation earlier in the day with someone about even when it comes to <clears throat> natural disasters, which we all have <laughs> no control um, over mm-hmm. those things. However, we can prepare for if they mm-hmm. should come. You know, mm-hmm. and I think, and I re- remember seeing a lady, um, uh, a black lady actually, um, in Houston when their um, hurricane happened, and she talked about how she, although her apartment building was, she didn't find out till later on, in a flood zone, the mm-hmm. renters never informed the tenants, hey. We're in a flood zone, so you might want to get some flood okay. insurance. Yep. And yep. she said, you know, now we're at the point where we're we're in this dilemma of staying in these hotels consistently until they, you know, FEMA and the inspectors or whatever go out and survey um, the property, all of these things. And so she talked about had she known she could have prepared um, mm-hmm. For that, you know, by taking out mm-hmm. um, flood insurance because flood insurance actually doesn't cost a lot. Um, a lot of people right. think that um, it costs a lot, but it actually, um, for for what it you know will do, will save you a lot of money in the end. And so, um, for those uh, individuals, Shelley, who they may not know, how do people um, go about? Um, and I'm seeing this question come from someone on Facebook. How do people go about discovering? if they're even in a flood zone, because like I said, you know, a lot of people, if you're renting from certain places or even buying a house, because I've heard of people buying houses in neighborhoods that are flood zone and they had no idea until they kind of signed their name on Mm -hmm. the dotted line. Mm -hmm. How do we go about finding out if we're living in a flood zone? Well, um, if it's a house, then it was discussed at the closing table. Okay. First of all, if you're mortgaging at the closing table, is it in the flood zone was discussed right there at that closing table. Okay. Um, because of course they verify mm-hmm. that you have your home insurance, right? Right. So if you're if you're buying a house, it is that information and probably is passed over very fast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it right. is discussed right. at the closing table because you have to make sure that your insurance is adequate. Um and, and it is uh any insurance agent can tell you that, especially when you're buying a home, you should make sure, you know, that that information is discussed because they come out to do an inspection. You know, Absolutely. and so when they come out to do that inspection, if you are or not in a flood zone, the first thing they're looking at is that basement, you know, around that basement or either the ground, you know, whatever the subflooring piece. When they're in there inspecting, they're looking for old or previous water lines of sort, any previous damage, right. and, and, you know, a myriad of other things. So if you're mortgaging, definitely that information should be um, addressed with the inspector, and it is at the closing table with the insurance company whom you choose mm-hmm. to take to the closing table. If you're renting, um, you can, like right now, you can just type the address and the property um, into whatever app you use. Some people are using Zillow now, you know, but it's public record as far as the actual property itself. And is that home in a flood zone? That real estate record is public information, and that is there. Um, you know, the lot, the square footage, you know, the demographics on your real estate information. Um, right. That record um, has a yes or no, a why or in that designate yes that designates yes or no as to whether it is in a flood zone. So you can type in anybody's address, you know, 
Um, again, wow. people use their okay. loan, but you can go to the county records um, and find okay. out, especially if you're renting. Um, but, you know, that brings me to this, um, and as he was speaking, uh, th- again, here we go, emergency, emergency preparedness, so much happening. Um, but I wanted to make sure I said this because, again, the previous two weeks um, we had a show <clears throat> on another Blog Talk radio platform, and we discussed um, – churches being prepared, but at the same time, our own homes. And in being prepared, I want to encourage people to definitely look at, here we go again, not just the flood zone piece, but are we prepared for power outages? Mm. Because guess what a power outage means? Let's let's really bring this in and get a laser focus on this. A power outage means what to your alarm system? Is it working or not? (laughs) It's not working. Right. So what does that mean to the criminals in the city who not only like to loot but break into other places that do what they do the way they do it, right, and that lifestyle that they lead? And even in my small city right here in North Carolina, we don't flood. We don't have a whole heap of, you know, rain coming through um, if there's tornadoes or whatever. But we have power outages, and those power outages can go for three days sometimes. Right, Your alarm right. system is not working, ma'am, sir, <laughs> because your power is off. And everybody right. in the city know it because their power is off also, which means people who break in, you know, it seems like they have some, you know, lifestyle of breaking and entering and a need to, you know, be the thirst, they know your power's out. Right, right. So what happens when we're approaching a loitering situation, right? Right. Looting, right. looting in the event if it is a major storm, right? Or just Which breaking happens and a lot. The yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Are you prepared? Yeah. Can you send? Can you leave your wife at home with or without children, and you as a male go to the business and and protect the business and set up camp at the business to protect your business? Mm. Mm. For the next three days, food right. in the refrigerator, you steady making claims. Well, that's what insurance is for. Yeah. Do you have the proper insurance to cover that food in that refrigerator? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But how about just getting broken in on one? Yeah. So, you Absolutely. know, I, I could talk about natural disaster a lot for a long time <laughs> because it's not just our churches, our sanctuary, in particular, whatever your house of worship is. Is your family prepared Yeah. at home? It, you know, single mom or married mom, are you prepared? Yep. If you're a husband and you're a truck driver, come on here. They're on the road That's always. Right. All the time. Is your family prepared? That's right. That's right. That's right. And it and it's a storm. And you in New York in the storm can't get home. Mm-hmm. And your mm-hmm. family down in Florida, and they flooding out. Can't get out. Right. What you gonna do? Send your cousin. Your cousin house flooded out. Right. Don't know how to move. A, you know. I look at this BB, and we laughed about it when I started FEMA training. But some women, we are so out of shape. And it's this serious. It is this serious, and I'm sorry. It may sound a certain way. You can't even lift a sandbag to put a sandbag around your home. Come on here. 
yeah. to put a sandbag yeah. in your trunk, to put weight in your trunk so that if you do have to go to or fro in some type of inclement weather, that's right. You can't even That's lift right. the, the weight of a sandbag into your trunk. You got to have your your brother in law come and do it, or your or uncle. some of them may not. And then you deal with the other dilemma on how some of us <clears throat> don't know where certain things are in the house. Where you know, is this? How do I work yeah. a kerosene here? Right. Uh, uh, right. I don't know how to right. light a lamp. You know. Right. A generator. Right. Do what? Doesn't it supposed to kick yep. in automatically? Right. I don't know what right. to do with the generator. If your cell phone <laughs> is down and going dead, you cannot afford to spend 15 minutes on the phone with your husband or your brother right. or whomever your source right. of information is trying to get training and instruction on making sure the generator comes out the storage or the attic or or getting chains on your t- Honey, come on. We as That's women right. have got to do better. I could That's go right. on and on. The list of situations are just numerous, and we don't Absolutely. know how to take care of ourselves, and it really comes right. down to that. That's right. That's right. Absolutely. And and, I, and I'm so glad that <clears throat> you actually brought uh, this topic, this discussion to the show, because it's often one that many people haven't really seriously I believe taking the time to think about. We've seen natural disasters happen across the country. We may even have some family and friends who've been affected by it. But it's always different when it's home and when it's right mm-hmm. at our feet and happening with us. And so uh, I'm glad that you were able to come on here and, and share that insight with us because this is that real talk, this is that real conversation that needs to take place. Whether you're single, whether you're married, single parent, whatever. These are conversations that you have to sit down with us with yourself or whomever and say, here's my plan. I'm ready. So whenever anything happens, I know I'm ready. This is what needs to be done. You know, mm-hmm. instead of sitting back and, oh, I wish I would have did that. I wish mm-hmm. I would have, you know, took out that extra insurance possible. I wish I would have, mm-hmm. you know, got that, that renter's insurance or what have you. You know, we have mm-hmm. to take those precautions so that when things happen, you know, because things are chaotic anyway. And so when Uh you prepare, it allows things to run just so much smoother. (laughs) So much more smoothly. Yeah, certainly. And and that goes for our children. That goes for our children, too. If they can learn songs, operate the DVR, you know, come on. And And the iPhone and and iPad. Right. (laughs) Then you should be practicing now at your home, emergency reaction response and planning, so that when they're in school and a shooter comes to the school, come on. Your child not scared out, they went into the point where they don't know what to do. That's right. They don't even know how to sit quiet and be quiet in the closet where the teacher got to shove them in the closet to be quiet because your child talk all the time too much and don't even, you know, and they in it. You know, I have always imagined that, you Mm know, the shooter knows where whatever is because in the closet, the one child who never knows how to be quiet, and doesn't even understand it. There's an emergency. They're laughing and giggling in the closet because they can't just be quiet. Oh, gosh, that always comes to me, BB, and it just bothers me. And same yeah. thing in the home. Don't know how to get in the closet and be quiet. Mm-hmm. Like, really, this mm-hmm. is not a game. Yeah. you you got to practice this stuff with your kids. I think if they're 8 to 10, it's time. 8 to 10 years old, it's time. It's time. You gotta you gotta run it like the stop, drop and roll. Everybody knows what that means. <laughs> A national thing. 
we got to be Absolutely. prepared. Thank you so prepared. much for your time. Yeah, Absolutely. You. And for the folks out here who may have um, extended questions beyond the show, they may go back, listen to the recap. How can they connect with you, get in touch with you if they have questions? I am Shelly K. Skeen everywhere, all over the place, however you want to type it up. I am Shelly, S-H-E-L-L-Y, because there is another Shelly Skeen out there, Um, (laughs) believe it or not. I am Shelly K. Skeen, S-K-E-E-N, on all platforms, on all platforms. I have a Pinterest um, also, Shelly K. Skeen, and I'm doing a conscious carrier female with firearm pin board. Um, if you want to follow me there, okay. um, anywhere, I'm, I'm Shelly K. Skeen on all, all platforms. Awesome, awesome. And once again, Shelly, thank you so much for coming on here and enlightening us uh, with this. We truly appreciate you. And we're going to have to uh, get this going back again um, at the beginning of the year because I think uh, at the beginning of the year, you know, everybody's always trying to get those things on those those lists and make things happen. So we'll, we'll have to get you back on here and discuss um, things in even further detail to make sure that we are prepared and we're ready That's right. uh, to do what That's we right. need to do um, in case right. of an emergency. Uh, so I hope you have a great rest of your evening and Merry Christmas to you and the family. And uh, Oh, yeah, Merry Christmas I'll be to you in advance. Thank you, and I'll definitely be mm-hmm. talking with you again soon. Okay, thanks so much. I appreciate it, Bianca, and to all your fans. Thank you all for listening and your support. Have a good one. Okay, you too. All right, you guys. That was Shelly Ski. Make sure you guys check and connect with her on Facebook. Um, and as Pin Interest, as she said, and if you guys need a link, uh, just connect with me and I'll connect you with her, and she'll be happy to help you ask any question that you need in any kind of way, folks. And so uh, once again, I want to thank so much to all of you guys who are on the lines listening. We appreciate you guys. And uh, for having this dialogue tonight, a very special thank you to Shelley for having this dialogue on is your family prepared? And we're talking about through all type of measures. So if you have someone out there, make sure you share the show, retweet the show so that they can get a listen to the show. Uh, You never know whom this information may help you guys. And so what we're going to do, folks, we're going to get ready to get out of here, and uh, we'll see you guys back in the new year. We're going to go out of here with the color of light. This is by my great friend, Stephen Jerome Ferguson. You guys can check him out at SJF Music um, on Twitter. Um, And you can also check out his record company, Ambient Records, um, brought to you on um, the website as well, ambientrecords.com, as well on Facebook. Um, He has a lot of amazing new artists, um, gospel, jazz, poets, you name it. We're going to get a, a taste of some of those in the new year, so I'm looking and very excited for that. And I just want to thank you guys for supporting the Beautiful Butterfly Show this year, Vibration Radio, YRN 1328. Couldn't do it without you guys. And so I hope each and every one of you have a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. I am Bianca Fly, and I'll see you in 2018. 